This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Welcome to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends, your radio destination for living room conversation about some of the challenges you may be experiencing in life. Exclusively presented by Psychological Counseling Services, PCS. The Relationship Show, where Dr. Allison Nirenberg will listen to your problems and provide some practical solutions. It's The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and her friends Jeff and Joe, recording from the Jacob Media Studios. Welcome to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. I'm Dr. Allison, and I am so glad that you're joining us today. This is Veterans Weekend, and I, in honor of Veterans Day, I wanted to make this topic be all about honoring our veterans and figuring out how we can provide support for them. So the topic is issues that military veterans experience and how we can better support those veterans. So issues that military veterans experience, there's so many, but one that most people have heard of is post-traumatic stress disorder. That's referred to as PTSD. And that is what happens when you witness or experience a traumatic event and you're reliving the event. You're having flashbacks, you're having nightmares, you're having intrusive thoughts, you can't stop thinking about this. And it's driving you crazy. It's making you um, very hypervigilant, which means you're just very much on alert. You're, you're hearing loud noise and you're startling. You're having a problem sleeping. You have a problem concentrating. This is all post-traumatic stress disorder. It's kind of like your body is stuck in the traumatic event even when it's passed. Another issue that military veterans experience is depression. So for depression, there's so many reasons that military veterans come back and feel depressed. But one is coming back with poor mental or physical health. Another is that they're on unemployment. You come back and you're worried financially. How are you going to make do? Um, also, not connecting with your family members, whether it be your wife, your kids, feeling like nobody understands. On top of that, there's grieving, because you could have lost a close friend in combat, and there's all the losses. And so it's, there's a lot that can contribute to you feeling depressed or feeling anxiety. Also, another um, issue that military veterans can experience, it's called TBIs, traumatic brain injuries. And the symptoms of traumatic brain injuries include difficulty focusing, getting angry quickly, or experiencing confusion. And that's often caused by a blow to the head or there being an, ex um, an explosion that's nearby. And because most recent conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan, 78% of all combat injuries were caused by explosions. So the result is mild traumatic brain injuries or concussions, and that affects 15% of those fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan. So that's a lot of people impacted. Also, addictions is very high when you have veterans um, because of the depression, because of the anxiety, because of the traumatic brain injuries. You want to check out. You want to numb out. You don't want to feel. So you're using drugs or alcohol or looking at porn. You're doing anything to keep from being present with these feelings. As I did some research on this topic this morning, I was looking into the challenges related to sexual trauma with veterans as well. And I was not aware how extreme this is, but 1% of veteran males, and that's 32,000 men, and 22% of veteran females, which is 23,000 women, are exposed to sexual assault or repeated sexual harassment during their service. That's shocking. It's a lot of people impacted by sexual assault. And 10 to 33% of women in the military have experienced attempted rape. So if you think about it, they're already dealing with the trauma of combat. And then on top of that, there's the trauma of sexual assault or rape. That makes 
people very angry, and there's a lot of bitterness, anger, resentment, and even suicidal ideation. So a lot of times people come back just wanting to die. In fact, 18 to 22 American veterans commit suicide daily. And young veterans, you know, 18 to 44 years old, they're the most at risk. So as healthcare professionals, we've got to do better. We are, have to recognize the suicide risks. We have to be there and understand the post-traumatic stress that our veterans are experiencing. It's really hard for them to readjust to civilian life after coming back from combat. A lot of times they're struggling to find a sense of purpose, like asking, who am I if I'm not a soldier? Finding a job is difficult. Being homeless, there's a lot of homeless veterans. Also dealing with amputations, seeing a part of your body being missing and having to adjust with that. And as I mentioned before, that difficulty connecting with other people, feeling like nobody gets it. Um, briefly, I want to talk about some ways that we can treat our veterans. First off, um, medication, antidepressants, any anxiety meds. If you go to a physician and get that, um, if you get that, uh, the, the doctor prescribes that for you, that's very helpful. It can help with the sleeplessness. It can help with decreasing your irritability and some of the signs of anxiety and depression. Also, talk therapy. Um, what veterans are both are recommended as being the most effective is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is when we're trying to um, help change irrational thoughts, as well as exposure therapy, which is bringing you with things, behaviors that are um, scary for you. So you're getting more exposed to things that are reminding you of the trauma. Um, also, uh, I think EMDR is great. It's a newer way of treating trauma, eye movement desensitization. And I, I want to talk about families, um, because when somebody goes out for, to combat, it's not just that person who's been impacted by the trauma of being off at war or being off fighting for our country. It's the partners. It's the kids. Um, family therapy can really help, because children, especially young children, don't even understand um, deployment and what that means. And they have the fears that their parent might not come home. And with those fears, they may act out. They may be more angry. They may, you know, uh, have uh, more uh, angry behaviors, and that gives more to the parent who's acting as a single parent. It's more on their plate to try and take care of these behavioral problems. So, family therapy is incredibly helpful. Um, last fact I want to give you before I introduce our guests is um, I wanted to talk about uh, the fact that. The biggest problem of all is that Army veterans may have mental health concerns but aren't seeking treatment. In fact, 60% with mental health concerns do not seek assistance from a mental health care pro professional. And 70% of veterans with PTSD or depression don't seek help. They are scared of being stigmatized. They're scared of confronting the trauma. And there's also not enough mental health providers, and they are afraid of having to wait too long on wait lists to try and get services. So I want to introduce Joe, and I want to introduce Jeff. Jeff, Joe, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, you think of a, you, you, there's so many there, and then you think bring the relationships in with, with, with spouses when they come home. Um, you know, the VA, and there's a million things that, you know, when you talk about on waiting lists, um, and, and so I think that educating individuals and, and, and uh, you know, people understanding that there's resources out there is one of the most important things. The VA situation, and Joe Krause and I have done a decent amount of shows on it, is improving, uh, but but veterans and and um, obviously those with PTSD and a lot of the effects, um, uh, you know, need to know there's resources out there. And P by, by the way, nonprofits that want to help them. So there's there's a lot there. I think uh, it's one of the most underserved populations. They they sacrifice everything for our country, and I believe that they they really are just disenfranchised. They 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 do everything. They protect us. They, they guard our, our borders, and they come home, 
And there's a lot of symbolic love for the troops and for people returning in sports, and we salute them and honor them. And then they leave, and I feel that finding doctors, finding psychologists, and finding jobs is so difficult. And I think that I really think that our government and, and our society has failed many veterans. And I always feel bad about hearing these stories of people that sacrificed everything for us and have gotten nothing back. So true. That's such a vivid uh, picture that you're... Oh, incredible. Like, yeah. right on point. Yeah. Like, you want to sit there... I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously we grew up, my household, very patriotic and supportive of our veterans and those who gave all and all that. But, you know, it, it is, it's so important. But guess what? I see the commercials. We need a few good men and women. And, and, and they, so they have these beautiful commercials. But when they get out, okay, what, you know, what are we, what are we doing for them? Now, the VA has been an absolute mess. It's getting better now. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, that's a big part of, you know, if we're going to bring them in and have these great commercials, we need to take care of them when they come out. So I'm really excited for our guest that's going to come on after the break. Our guest is a postdoctoral resident um, at P uh, PCS. She is a amazing person. Not only is she a psychologist, but she's also more than that. She is a veteran herself. So I am going to introduce you to Dr. Stevie Mae Douglas after the break. Thanks for listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and Friends, supported by the Keystone Center in Chester, PA, part of United Health Systems. The show returns after this timeout. Read, learn, and enjoy No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Explore the origins of perfectionism. Learn how it keeps our relationships stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Dr. Allison has shattered the myth of happily ever after, moving couples from Disney princess pipe dreams into the real world where even the best of relationships is far from perfect. Get your copy of No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Available at major and independent bookstores and online booksellers. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Relationship Show with support from Nirenberg Law Associates. If you were injured in a car accident, suffered a slip and fall, or a work-related injury, talk with a personal injury attorney who will get you the proper compensation. With offices in Center City, go to phillypilaw.com. Injured in an accident? Let the law firm of Nirenberg Law Associates work for you because your choice of attorney matters. Let the law firm of Nirenberg Law Associates educate you on your rights because your choice of attorney matters. Meet directly with founder Jeff Nirenberg. He's results oriented, he's aggressive when he needs to be on your behalf, and he wins. Go to phillypilaw.com. That's phillypilaw.com. Welcome back to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. I'm Dr. Allison, and I am so glad you're listening. I am really excited to introduce you to our guest. We have Dr. Stevie Mae Douglas with us. Dr. Stevie Mae Douglas is a graduate from Midwestern University in Glendale, Arizona, where she earned her doctorate in clinical psychology in 2021. She is currently a postdoctoral resident at Psychological Counseling Services in Scottsdale, Arizona, where she works with trauma and addiction. Dr. Douglas is also a military veteran serving as a medic during two tours to Afghanistan with the U.S. Army. She has been a guest on the podcast, The Mind of a Therapist, advocating for the need to build stronger, more effective therapeutic relationships with military veterans seeking mental health services. Welcome to the show, Dr. Stevie May. Thank you. It is, it's a real pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for your service. That was an honor and a privilege. I appreciate, I appreciate you saying so, um, but it was certainly an honor to, to serve, for sure. So I want to start off with a few questions. I've got a question for you, um, Stevie May. Tell us about how your own experiences as a veteran have impacted your desire to specialize in working with other veterans. Mm. Well, thank you for that question because it really is uh, the whole point of me coming into this psychology field was because of just what I experienced in the military and then 
uh, when we got home um, from both both tours, but, but particularly the second tour, um, a lot of my friends, um, a lot of soldiers in our brigade, and even in, in our company, um, were dying by suicide, or they were uh, dying in you know in engaging in behaviors that were really dangerous, um, and so that along with the fact that I was experiencing a really difficult time transitioning back into civilian life. So I was seeking mental health services, and that transition um, was very difficult. And in seeking you know, mental health services, unfortunately, I ended up being re-traumatized um, by the process. And so I decided to get into the field to see if I could you know, help in being a bridge between the mental health field and the military and military veterans, um, there seems to be a disconnect um, at times. Um, and I say that. Can you explain for us about how you were re-traumatized trying to find services? That's really an, an interesting sure. way of putting it. Sure. Well, um, like any relationship, there wasn't a whole lot of relationship building. So it was more very dry cut. It was short um, term. Um, it was very goal-oriented. You know, you have these many sessions, um, and if that particularly mo that particular modality did not fit, then it was said. You know, I read in one of my records that I had collected after my whole process, and one of the psychiatrists had put that I was not motivated to improve. You know, which really broke my heart. Wow! Because I was trying so hard to, you know, heal. Uh, but it took time, and so those those short oriented um, goal oriented uh, modalities weren't very helpful. I needed some time to process what had happened, and I needed some time to, for someone to sit with me in that grief because there was a lot of grief there. You know, you know what? And so I just that makes so much ahead. sense. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me. It reminds me of addictions treatment, where people say mm -hmm. that the recidivism rate is so low. But yes, if you only are in inpatient treatment for six days, what do you expect? Or if you only have six Right. I mean, that's just not fair. Right. And because of what, what we've been asked to do, you know, and, and, all, and most of us being in that position to have to do that or at least have to decide to do that. And what I say, what I'm saying when I say do that, you know, we can't forget the military. Their, their main mission is essentially to kill. So we're going to defend, and that, if that means sacrificing our own life, and if it means taking another life, that's what we're going to do. And all of our training is around that. That's just not natural for a human, right, to, to take, we're very, we're social creatures. And so it goes against our natural instinct to, you know, kill another or even to put ourselves in harm way, in harm's way for, you know, sometimes just an ideal. Uh, so, Steve, yeah. I'm sorry, this is um, Joe Doherty, and, and thank you for your service. And, um, you know, and it, it's um, in a sense, you know, as a layperson who's got a, 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 a great allegiance to the military and respect. Um, one thing I don't have is, a, you know, what an understanding and a knowledge of what it's like to mm -hmm. serve and then come back. And then when you hear those statistics, okay, mm -hmm. um, I, I, you know, it, it's actually mind-boggling at, at rates at, mm -hmm. at that point where, where somebody, in, you know, like a, a greater being isn't stopping everything and going, okay, there's something wrong here. We have to mm -hmm. help these people. What, this, this may be a broad question, but in sure. your opinion, what, what is the actual, um, you know, reason why there's, why the suicide rate is so high, the experiences that individuals go through when they're there or the transition mm -hmm. back, the lack of knowledge mm -hmm. that people have and in, in, in understanding what somebody went through, what types of reasons uh, cause those situations? And, you know, what, we'll ask that question before we ask what we can do. Yeah, I think it's all of that, Joe. I think it's everything you mentioned, you know, it's not just one thing, and I think it's one thing, it's more one thing for one individual than the other, but I think it's all of it. And you have to remember that the military experience is very individualized, and so you, it would be better to ask someone, or more effective to ask uh, someone who has served, what was your experience of the military? Because it is very different for everyone. 
you know, some, some people have experienced rape within the military. So their account of their experience may be very different of what the military is and what it represents than someone who found a lot of camaraderie within their unit and, you know, served in war and, and, and was in the weeds together and came back. That's a different experience. So Stevie, Stevie, I don't think it, it's just one thing. It's Jeff Nirenberg. Uh, thank you for okay. coming today. I really, really appreciate it. Such an interesting topic. Um, I, I've stood on the sidelines watching as, as just a civilian, and I'm appalled by, uh, you know, the lack of aftercare for people coming home with, with treatment for physical, mental, and, and jobs. And do you feel mm -hmm. that our country is failing when it comes to uh, reestablishing uh, military back into society? Sure. I think that they're they're doing better. Like, uh, you know, I was, I was telling uh, Dr. Allison that I... I'm a fourth generation uh, combat veteran, so I've had people in my family for four generations, from World War One to Vietnam and, and Afghanistan. And um, you know, it's—I think that they're doing better each, each, you know, as we advance. But yeah, there's still a lot to do, and and stat the statistics, you know, they they speak to that. The suicide rate, the dropout rate. That speaks to we can do we can do better, and I think if we just listen a little bit more, right? Because this is a culture. The military is its own culture, and we, as uh, in the mental health field, we understand how important it is, right, to understand someone's culture. And I think if veterans could feel seen and more understood, then that is a a, a nurturing place versus a place where they're misunderstood, judged, pathologized, and now they isolate. And that isolation, as we all, you know, are familiar with, can really get in that dark place where suicide comes next. I have, I have a quick follow-up for you. Um, I was moved by a film by Miles Teller. It was called Thank You for Your Service. Uh, are you familiar with it? Um, no, I'm not. Oh, you're not. Okay. So it was a movie a few years ago that uh, him and his platoon came back to America, and it really, really hit home, uh, you know, the struggles with military, and they were very supportive of this film, and it gave people like me on the outside a, a kind of a, you know, it raised the curtain look at what military have to handle when they come home, and I just thought it was an impactful mm -hmm. film that, that educated uh, some of us about your, nice. your struggles, and, and I recommend it to everybody. Stevie, Thank you for your service. Stevie, nice. question for you. Yes. Um, you mentioned sure. that you're fourth generation, and that's just so powerful. Mm -hmm. what, did that make mm -hmm. it any easier for you in coming home that you had family who got it, who understood? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, my great-grandfather great uncles, um, grandfather, they're all passed away. My dad is, is um, he has since passed, um, but he was alive when I came home from both tours. And yes, it was so, so helpful to be able to, um, well, I was going to say pick up the phone and talk about it, but we don't, we, you didn't have to talk about it. You know what I mean? There was just that understanding. And because of that understanding of the grief and sorrow and loss and trauma, the way we communicated that, and this is with, you know, you'll, you probably are familiar with military banter, but it was with a lot of humor. We have a lot of dark Great. humor and the way we banter back and forth, but that's that release for us. And so it's little behaviors like that, that, you know, I, I try to tell my colleagues, like when you first look at the banter or the, the drinking or, you know, the, the behaviors that they, we may engage in, that may not be, you know, don't pathologize it right away. This is a lot of the culture we're talking about. Yeah. And so while it can be problematic for some of us, it's not going to be very effective to just dive into that and say, hey, this needs to change. This is problematic. Or the, and, you know, pathologize that. I, because, I, again, it feels like attack on the culture instead of just trying to understand it. That makes so much sense to me. I also wonder for you, Stevie May, as a woman, what was your experience yeah. as a woman um, being in Afghanistan? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, it was, I'm just thinking about that question. Um, it was, you know, at times it was spooky, right? Because I am, I was a, you know, I was a, out on convoys for part of my tour. And so you're out there, you know, in it and just, exposed, even little things like going to the bathroom, you know, that you don't think about. 
is very different for men than women having to pop out of the truck and then, you know, use the, the bathroom while you're on the road and riding down these uh, dirt roads. Um, so, and, and just the element of, you know, we're in a culture over there that women are looked at very differently. And so there's just always, there was this anxiety, tension, I would say. There was this tension of that. Um, but also what women bring to the table was helpful too. Um, they, they could, you know, their perspective is different. Um, and so it was neat to collaborate in that way with the male-female um, team that we had. Uh, having said that, you know, the, the, you know, the lack of, uh, of, of um, understanding what you're getting into before you, you know, obviously once you cross that line and, and um, how do, do you feel like people can be prepared better uh, before they join the military and understand what they're, go, you know, getting into? Uh, or is, mm-hmm. it, it, because there's obviously, yeah. you know, that you, who would know, when you think about those statistics compared to, I imagine, civilians in regards to suicide and, sure. and, and all those sure. things, is, is it, mm-hmm. is it uh, something that people could be educated better before they go in so they're prepared more? I think if we make mental health check-in, like check-ups, so if, you know, we can talk more about resiliency and that you will be impacted um, mentally. And that's not anything to be ashamed of. Just like if you go out on a long ruck march, you're going to come back, you're going to be impacted, you're going to be exhausted, you might have some blister. Um, and, and I'm talking about training, not actual war. So same thing with the mental health. I think if we require, so every morning we get up, we do an hour, hour and a half of physical training, then maybe there's a half-hour check-in sometime in that day that normalizes going to a mental health professional to just do a check-in because this is, this is normal. You are going to be impacted by this experience. What, what can we do as civilians? And I mean, you know, the United uh-huh. States of America, the people that, you know, when you listen to statistics like this, mm-hmm. it doesn't take mm-hmm. a, rocket, a rocket scientist to, to figure out that there's a, there's a problem, okay? And that we need mm-hmm. to help, we need to help our, 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 our military, our active military, mm-hmm. and of course, our veterans. Is there something that, mm-hmm. that, that, that somebody doesn't want us to know in regards to the civilians? Because if I, if I was the king of the universe, I would stop the train mm-hmm. and say, okay, here are the problems. What can we do to help? Aside from mm-hmm. fix the VA. Um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, yeah. What, do, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, you know, on a macro level, what, what we're talking about here is, look, we do a boot camp that could be anywhere, depending on what branch you join, you know, eight to 13 weeks to transform that individual into a killing machine. There needs to be some type of program, an exit program, to help you transform or transition right back into this civilian, because we're talking about physiological symptoms or uh, uh, systems. Yeah. We need to retrain that nervous system if you're into the polyvagal theory. We need to really get in there and reprogram these systems because we intentionally program them to be in a state to kill or die, right? So we have to address those things coming out of the military just as seriously as we do coming in. So, so I think an exit pro- program would be very, very helpful on a macro level. That makes so Absolutely. much sense because if you think about it, you know, you're trained to be a killing machine. You're trained to be mm-hmm. numb, numb to your feelings. Mm-hmm. And now we're saying, right. come out and feel your feelings. Tell us what's going mm-hmm. on. Name it your feelings and let us know. And right. it, that's really hard when you've been trained to, to numb your feelings. Mm-hmm. I, I, I True. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was listening to one of your radio shows and you had some, said something, um, Dr. Allison, that said, and I was like, man, that's so true for these military relationships too, is with um, Dr. Marcus Earl when you guys were talking and you said, Showing up as a, as a consultant versus a CEO. And I think as therapists, you know, showing up in that kind of um, consultant motivational interviewing style versus 
I'm the expert, uh, and I'm going to tell you how to heal. Because that's a real big turnoff. Especially when the, the, the therapist has never been through what you're thinking. Exactly. And, and you're sitting there going, do you know what it's like to be in a foxhole and, and, and surrounded? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know we're going to break, but I'd say it brings to you, Jeff, you mentioned a movie. How about Full Metal Jacket? Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. the individual that just broke. Yep. I wonder if yeah. certain individuals make up, like they should test people before they go in to see if they're going to be able to withstand. And even handle the trauma. Absolutely. Right. We're going to need to take totally. a break, but we will have you with join us again for the next segment. Stay tuned. If you want to connect directly with Dr. Allison Nirenberg, drop her an email, healingrelationshipspa.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Allison Nirenberg. I am a licensed psychologist who has been treating patients for the past 30 years. I am a compassionate, dynamic, and interactive psychologist who wants to help you live your best life. For me, it is important to have a common sense approach to therapy and be down to earth. If you choose to work with me, you will find me to be honest, direct, and kind. The feedback that I receive most from patients is that I'm authentic and real and care deeply about the people I work with. I also am a very positive person who focuses on my clients' strengths in order to help them heal. In particular, I am passionate about working with individuals who are recovering from addictions to alcohol, drugs, food, sex and love, as well as struggles in their relationships. I also work well with infidelity issues, codependency, transitions in life, and love to teach practical skills on how to get along with difficult people. In general, I work really well with individuals who have the life goal of loving others and being loved. Values that I bring to my work are honesty, warmth, and holding myself and others accountable. I use my many years of training and clinical expertise to help you live a meaningful life of integrity. Whether you work with me or one of my competent clinical associates, what I can tell you is that we will be loyal, strong, and supportive of you through the entire process. In this practice, I integrate philosophies from the psychological, medical, and self-help communities in order to treat the whole person. I believe in collaborating with others and have built a treatment team of the best clinical staff in the area to support you on your healing journey. I also really believe in the power of psychotherapy. A genuine, caring, therapeutic relationship can be a safe place to begin your journey. I would be honored to be a part of it. Read, learn, and enjoy No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Explore the origins of perfectionism. Learn how it keeps our relationships stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Dr. Allison has shattered the myth of happily ever after, moving couples from Disney princess pipe dreams into the real world where even the best of relationships is far from perfect. Get your copy of No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Available at major and independent bookstores and online booksellers. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one. And we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go to get your spin on. Go to get your spa on. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go for the stakes and the steak. Isn't it time you found a better view in Atlantic City? Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanec.com. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. Welcome back to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. I have a wonderful guest with us, Dr. Stevie Mae Douglas, who is a postdoctoral resident at Psychological Counseling Services, and she's a veteran herself. She has been so helpful for us in understanding what military veterans go through. 
I, I have a question for you, Stevie May. Um, going back okay. to going back to school to earn your doctorate is a lot of work after your military career. What have you learned about mm -hmm. yourself during this process? Mm -hmm. I well, I tell you, not many enlisted folks go on to get their doctorate, and so I felt during the whole time like you know I was doing this more from more than just myself. You know, I was doing it for because again, there's sub, a lot of subcultures within the military culture, and one of them is officers, which you you'll run into a lot as doctors. They'll later on get their doctorate, or they'll be doctors when they're in the military. Um, but the enlisted, the ones that you might would say do the grunt work, um, it's rare to see them kind of transform that into um, something as big as a doctorate on any on, in any field. So it was it was inspiring for me. It was also during my transition. Uh, so it was like a whole bunch of psychoeducation for me to understand what was happening to me while simultaneously I was going to. A private, someone from a private practice. I ended up going outside of the VA for mental health services. Um, but so doing that therapy and studying for my doctorate in this field of psychology, it was just, it was helpful because there was a lot of psychoeducation to help me understand what was going on inside of my body, my mind, and then how to transform so, this traumatic stress to, you know, um, growth. Stevie May, when, when I heard you speak, I have to say I got the chills, and I and I get that sometimes when I hear something of it's really like truth, and I and I hear the truth in what you're saying, and I know how much work it is, and I I think you're an inspiration. I mean, I'm really just so impressed with who you Steve, are. Stevie May, uh, Jeff Nirenberg again. Yes, uh, thank you. I wanted to say to you that, that what you're doing is so incredible because you better than anybody know what it takes, and, and your therapy to, to veterans is so impactful that you know you can effectuate so much change in, in this field, and if you can encourage more to, to at least uh, get into this and, and, and put together groups and individual treatment, uh, it's so commendable because, like we just said, the average therapist can't understand what you went through, and it's really hard mm -hmm. for these people to understand what it's like to watch death and, and watch people die and, and get amputated, uh, and you understand yeah. better than anybody, and, and I think it's mm -hmm. important to encourage other ex-military as part of their exit training to talk about this and, and share their, their mm -hmm. wisdom and, and, and advice with, with other veterans. And on that note, Jeff, I'd, I'd like to ask um, Stevie May if there are resources out there that direct people to former veterans that offer these services because, by the way, Dr. Allison's incredible. Her, uh, you know, her ability and, and her empathy, natural empathy, mm -hmm. is incredible. But part of what you had said before um, is... Uh, you know, it, it, it's got to be shocking to, 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 to feel like you're being judged by somebody who has absolutely no idea, you know, mm -hmm. what you've gone through. So uh, are, there any, mm -hmm. are there any resources out there? Well, there's all kinds of resources. The thing is they're, they're usually spread out. And so there's a small one here, a small one there. There's not really um, one large one other than the VA. And the VA is doing they're, – they're implementing a new thing called whole health which is going to be very helpful because it addresses, just like it says, the whole health of a person, spirituality, uh, physical, mental, emotional, all of that stuff. It's just it takes a long time for these programs to develop, for people to know about them, for them to kind of unite in their efforts. Um, but I will say this, anybody, and, and, and Thank you for the kind words that y'all have said. I, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me uh, and my family. Um, but I want to say that any therapist out there, and it sounds like, uh, Dr. Allison, this is all you, just from what I've read and, and what I've heard today about you. But, you know, if you're my therapist, she when I first saw her, I was like, oh, my God, this princess, what is she going to know? How is she going to help me <laughs> yeah. with what I've been through? Yes. But somehow what she did is she related to the emotions. Yes. And to, you know, she has her own experience with grief. So she related to me within that grief. Yes. She had her own experiences, you know, with uh, trauma. And so she related to me in the places that she could with the emotion of it and the relationship building. And I think if you're a therapist and, and you want to really connect with a veteran, build that therapeutic relationship because that is the language we speak. 
We train as a team. We learn. We move. We succeed. We cope within these relationships within the military. That's why the transition is so difficult. The camaraderie that exists within that military system can be incredible. And that is how we're going to heal is through these relationships. Oh. So any therapist that can develop a therapeutic relationship I think it's going to have a lot of success with the veteran they're working with. Once again, I'm getting the chills and while you're speaking, but you're talking about the humanness, you know, the human. Right. And you're not just going through, okay, I've got five sessions, check, check, check. It's using your heart, using yourself, being there. Even if you haven't been through the experience, you know, you, you have, we, nobody gets through life unscathed. We all have pain. Right. We all have experiences. Use that. And Stevie May, I assume that the group setting, Allison has run groups for years. I mean, getting together in a group setting, I would think would be a very important tool for healing. Definitely. And it's unfortunate that from what I understand, the VA is the, these more um, relate, relational groups. And I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the term that we actually call them in the field, but they're they're not being utilized as much. Um, uh-huh. They're like, well, you you can you know do that and outside programs, but you know to do it with a psychologist or to do it with a mental health you know therapist, I think it's really important so that they can guide that conversation um, and and help them understand how to transition. You know, hey, there is an expert on psychology in the room. Uh, and then you have all these experts on military trauma <laughs> for the veterans themselves. Love- and so, uh, the group situation is so powerful because, again, we can relate. We we know what the other one went through without having to say it. I, I love that. Jeff, that was such a great idea because I, I think groups can help us heal. You know, it's not just one therapist being the expert. It's having a room of experts. And I think right. there's a value in connections with other people. Uh, but before you ask that question, I'd like to ask you a pretty um, – the, a lot of these statistics and a lot of the, the issues people have transitioning, what is the difference between an officer and an enlisted person? Another, mm. you know, do, do officers go through the same types of situations? Is the authority mm. gap? Um, talk about that, if you would. Well, I appreciate that. That's a really important question. Um, officers, they're going to go through their own training. They don't go through like your typical um, boot camp that you, you know, that the average person thinks of when they think of boot camp. Um, They're usually already have an education and the officers are the ones that are going to plan it. And then the enlisted are going to make it happen. So it's kind of like in psychology. I I think of it as the psychology, you have your psychologists that are in a lab and they're doing research. And then you have the psychologists that are boots on the ground that are doing that clinical work and that therapy work. And so your enlisted would be your clinical psychologist that's working in therapy, and your officers would be more those psychologists that uh, are in the lab. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and it reminds me of the song Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. When he, when, and this is mm-hmm. a cruel song. When he says, uh, you know, to, to end up like a dog that's been beat too much. In other words, they don't recruit 29-year-old men and women to go into the, mm-hmm. the, into the service. They take, I mean, in other words, focus on young people that can be trained. Right. And, and, and right. You, you know, you press on somebody so much, uh, you know, God mm-hmm. knows how they can get through it. It's just a, you know, it's an observation. Um, Stevie that, May, you have, a, you have a unique opportunity with what you're doing right now to, to make to really effectuate change in your field because it doesn't sound like there's that many people like you that that are going to be therapists and understand the pitfalls of of, of the military and coming back to society so I mean you know kudos mm. to you for, for getting involved in this and and channeling all of that into so, so much good well I appreciate it my message is definitely not that you know that, that you're not doing it well. I'm just saying, hey, stats say that we could we could still do better. And if anyone's interested, you know, I'm someone that has that experience, and now I have my foot in each culture, and I would love to talk to, you know, my colleagues about how, you know, how we can maybe do better, you know, how we can relate better, right? Um, because to me, psychologists and military folks, they are – have a lot in common and they don't realize it to me they're like two shepherd dogs right but they're different breeds but they both have that duty and that sense to serve others and they and they're traumatized for the sake of other people and they have to practice this incredible self-care and they have this strong sense of duty like they really are a lot alike and it's just a shame that we're not 
uh, cl- closer to be more effective in, in, in helping veterans heal. So true, Stevie May. I, I never thought about it like that, but it's a great point. Um, I'm going to need to take a break now, but for the last segment, mm-hmm. I'd love you to stay and help us answer some questions. We've got a couple letters from our listeners that I'd love to share with you. Read, learn, and enjoy No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Explore the origins of perfectionism. Learn how it keeps our relationships stuck in a cycle of disappointment, anger, and resentment. Dr. Allison has shattered the myth of happily ever after, moving couples from Disney princess pipe dreams into the real world where even the best of relationships is far from perfect. Get your copy of No Perfect Love by Dr. Allison Nirenberg. Available at major and independent bookstores and online booksellers. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Relationship Show with support from Nirenberg Law Associates. If you were injured in a car accident, suffered a slip and fall, or a work-related injury, talk with a personal injury attorney who will get you the proper compensation. With offices in Center City, go to phillypilaw.com. Injured in an accident? Let the law firm of Nirenberg Law Associates work for you because your choice of attorney matters. Let the law firm of Nirenberg Law Associates educate you on your rights because your choice of attorney matters. Meet directly with founder Jeff Nirenberg. He's results-oriented, he's aggressive when he needs to be on your behalf, and he wins. Go to phillypilaw.com. That's phillypilaw.com. Welcome back to The Relationship Show. We are so fortunate that we have Dr. Stevie Mae Douglas with us, helping us as we answer questions and read letters from our listeners. Here goes. First one, Dear Dr. Allison, my husband came back from Iraq and does not seem the same. He is always tired and doesn't seem to have any energy to spend time with our sons. All they want is his attention, but he is constantly checked out and often stares off into space. He has nightmares a lot, and when I ask him about them, he doesn't share them with me at all. He's frequently short-tempered and yells a lot. He used to go to the VA hospital to see a therapist, but complained that it was too far away, and he didn't feel like the therapist there understood him. How can I help him? Also, how do I help myself? I feel lonely and frustrated with him, and I also feel like a single parent to our boys. Danielle from Delaware County. Mm. Wow. Um, I'm just sitting here feeling that pain uh, for both her and, and her, her husband, for the whole family, because this is the typical right story. This is a common story that you hear. And, you know, it sounds, you know, it's clear that he's experiencing post-traumatic stress symptoms. Um, and I would say that the more we can connect him and yourself, uh, the writer, um, to these relationships, right, that are supportive. Because it's the relationship piece, I believe, that is going to be the healing piece. So for the wife, I would say just understand you need support too. And to seek that out, hopefully, you know, the VA sometimes. But look through your um, legion and veterans of uh, foreign wars, the VFWs, those organizations, sometimes uh, present with with support groups for the families because it is a sacrifice for the whole family. Um, And I would just say understand that there's grief. Just understand he's grieving and grieving takes time. I couldn't agree more, and I, and I think if he won't go to therapy, the best thing she can do is get some therapy or support or talk to some other partners right. so that she's feeling less alone. Correct. Yes. The next letter is, Dear Dr. Allison, I have been back from Afghanistan and haven't really adjusted so well. My wife recently left me because she said I was constantly angry or in a bad mood. I don't think she understands what I went through over there. I haven't adjusted to civilian life very well and couldn't find a good job. My buddies don't seem to have time for me, and I know I've been drinking too much. I just feel Mm -hmm. cut off from everyone and really alone. I sleep a lot Mm -hmm. and have even had some thoughts about ending my life. I don't Mm -hmm. want to do that, which is why I'm writing to you. I am just without much Mm -hmm. hope that things will get better. When I was in the Army, I at least had people around me. Now I just spend Mm -hmm. my time alone. How do I get out Mm -hmm. of this rut? Scott from Springfield. Scott, 
Wow. I feel like you, I feel like Scott was telling my own story. Um, when I, when I got home from Afghanistan that second time. So I feel a little bit emotional. Um, thanks for don't sharing give that. Up. Thanks for sharing that with yeah. us. That's helpful. Yeah. That, um, you know, I would just tell Scott, don't give up because it's going to take time. Right. And I would say to him that it was the therapeutic relationship. That was the only relationship I had in my life that was healthy. But I had to seek that out. And she was number 13. So I would say to Scott, fight like you're in battle. Fight like you've been trained to do and don't give up. And the mission being, I am going to find a therapist. I am going to make that connection, that therapeutic connection with, with someone and together, you're going to transform your life. I wow. believe that. Wow, you went through 13 till you found a therapist that you could relate Correct. to and connect with? You are a Correct. warrior. You are a warrior. I, I am so sorry to hear that. What a failure to the system, and, and it's a shame. And there's uh, a follow-up, Stevie May. Um, what, resources to get jobs, are they out there for veterans to, to you know, when they come back? Mm -hmm. what, what can you say about that? Um, I would definitely say go to the VA. The VA does have a good program for vo for vocation, a vocational type of uh, program where they're going to sit with you to see where you might be best fit and then give you financial support while you transition into that job. And that was something that they did for me for you know going into the field of psychology. So the VA does have a lot of programs that are effective um, and successful. I think it's just the mental health department is one of the departments I think we could do a little more listening and learning versus teaching veterans how to heal from their own trauma that they don't know anything about as far as the actual experience. I'd like to say something, um, and that is that I really admire the way you said the fight to, like you were, like you were, uh, you know, uh, still in the military, at, at, and not give up to find someone. Right. Use that approach because right. that skill you have, and and the fight yes. would be determined um, because you know it's such an you know like you said it may not happen overnight, but that's just right. so incredible. Such powerful words yeah. um, from Dr. Stevie May. I mean, just I'm so inspired by your story. I'm so inspired by who you are, and I'm just honored that you took time to be with us on the show today. I, I'm really grateful. Um, thank you to thank our, you. Thank you to our amazing guest, Dr. Stevie Mae Douglas. If you want to order my book, No Perfect Love, feel free to order it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, or in indie bookstores. Thank you to my team, Jeff Nirenberg, husband Jeff, Joe Kraus, my friend, and Joe Dougherty, my other friend here. Thank you also to the listeners for tuning into the relationship show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg and friends. You've been a great audience. Hope this has been as enlightening for you as it has been for me. This is Dr. Allison Nirenberg wishing everyone a wonderful week. Until next time, keep taking chances and opening up your heart for love. Thanks for listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Allison Nirenberg. For more information or to contact Dr. Allison, just go to healingrelationshipspa.com. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre recorded.